0: what is up you wonderful beautiful people of the world this is ashley campbell with daily encouragement by the time you guys hear this episode it's already going to be march 1st 2023 that is so exciting when you think about it that means uh spring is like 20 days away so uh that is pretty awesome you guys it's probably going to start warming up where up where i'm at i think last year i started setting up the pool at the end of march so i'm probably by March 1st. It's going to get a little bit warmer outside. But anyway, you guys, I love beautiful weather. I love sitting out in the sunshine. If anybody got my book, I wrote that on the back, something about the author. I love barbecues. I love sitting out in the sun, drinking coffee, having conversations with people. And so anyway, you guys, today we're going to be talking about blasphemy. And it's not, you you know, in your typical way, I suppose, I don't know, in the way that I heard it, it was always, you know, blasphemy is not using God's name in vain and you know as i was reading the scriptures a couple years ago i saw it differently and i want to share that with you guys because i was back in matthew again matthew 12 and it popped back up and i want to share it with you guys so anyway let's go ahead and pray and then let's have this conversation and then we can talk about the book a little bit you know it's coming out today so it's, it's a really big day for me you guys i'm really excited and uh you know some people might get sick of hearing about it but dang it this is a work in progress this was four years of labor of love so um, I hope that when you guys put your stuff out there, that you guys have all the support that you need to do it. Because I'll tell you what right now, you can't do it by yourself. You know, I wrote the book and everything, but if it wouldn't have been for your guys' financial donations, I wouldn't have been able to get it published. Um, if, it's, if it's not for you guys sharing it with other people and getting it out there, I don't know how far this book's gonna go. I'm really praying that it makes a huge impact, you guys. Seriously, I really hope that I can be one of those rare self-publishing authors that just like it blows up and then I get all these you know, offers and traditional contracts, you know, anyway. So let's go ahead and pray, you guys. And then let's have this conversation. Oh, uh, Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. That's in us. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for how you bring us to repentance. Thank you for your kindness, God. Thank you, Lord, for all your provisions. Thank you, God, that you listen. You hear us. Father, you heal us. You help us, God. Thank you, Lord, for making yourself vulnerable by putting your spirit in us, God. And I pray that we would live in alignment with you, would live underneath of you, God. We would live with you and fulfill the plans you have for us, God. And, you know, we know, Lord, that your plan is to do this world, God, by your spirit. And Lord, we're the ones that have your spirit. So you've given us that responsibility. And I pray that we would take it to heart, God, and uh, we would just live out everything you have for us, Lord. Let us be empowered within ourselves to hear your voice, God, discern the plans you have, live them out. And that as a result of that, we can influence the world, God, by the grace you put in us. So we love you, Lord. I pray you guide direct this conversation. And we just pray all these things in Jesus name. All right. So I was in Matthew 12, you guys, this morning. Let me go ahead and move this to the side really fast. And it was talking about a house divided against itself. You guys remember when the Pharisees always used to, um, say that Jesus had a demon and that he would cast out demons by the head of demons. And you kind of look at that statement and you're like, that makes no dang sense. Like, now, I think the problem is, like, if we really think about it, the reason that we don't really see it as significant is I believe people live divided all the time. We have gotten into a state in this country and in the world where, like, being divided is normal, right? Think about homes. Think about husbands against wives and, and children and, and, and families. Like, it's very rare these days, and I'm not saying they're not out there, but... If we look at the fruit of the families and of the church and of really any social entity, I suppose, there's a lot of division going on, you guys. And you know, you got to wonder what's up with that. We can't appreciate the statement that the Pharisees are making or Jesus is making here because we live so divided that it doesn't really strike us as like, wow, that's really important because we're so familiar with it anyway. So, you know, Jesus is doing all this stuff, right, casting out demons and uh, the Pharisees make these comments as they do. Uh, Now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow does not cast out demons, except by Bezebel, the ruler of the demons, right? So then Jesus goes, Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself will not stand." I mean, come on, the Lord's drawing the parallel right here, you know, a kingdom, a city, a house, right? Because you've got homes that make up the individuals, but then the homes come like, and then they make cities, right? So are you guys understand how important it is for your family to be united? Because it influences people. You're going to influence your neighbors, which influences the community, which influences a city, which influences like a nation, you know? And again, we don't really think that's a big deal. I digress. Not really, though, because it's kind of relevant, ain't it? Okay. So if Satan casts out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? Okay. Is anyone really thinking about their kingdom standing? What I mean is, is anyone thinking about their house standing their own family? Does anybody really value that these days? Again, this is important stuff because if you don't value and appreciate it, then you're not really going to appreciate everything else he's saying after this and as soon as i brought my glasses off i'll continue this conversation but i can't see very good right now so you guys bear with me real quick all right here we go okay and if i cast out demons by bezable by whom do your sons cast them out therefore they shall be your judges that's a whole nother conversation okay so then he goes but if i cast out demons by the spirit of god surely the kingdom of god has come upon you Okay. Or how can the kingdom of God? Okay. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house. He who is not with me is against me. Then guess what? This is where the, this is where the kicker comes in with blasphemy, right? This is where this whole idea. He goes, therefore, I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven men. So you, you kind of think you're looking at this and you're like, okay, what is he talking about here? But as I was sharing with you guys yesterday, everything the Lord says is all kind of connected together. It's just like, God give us an understanding and insight to kind of connect these things. So he's talking about how it's divided against itself. So you can have like kingdom against kingdom, right? Nation against nation, but has, and, but then all of a sudden God is bringing like another level of division. What about being divided against yourself? You ever done that? How many people are living divided against themselves constantly, right? You have your ideals and how you should be, but you're not there. So you be- you beat yourself up, you condemn yourself, you judge yourself, you shame yourself. That's living divided against yourself. Now, now you got the Holy Spirit, right? If you're a Christian, you've accepted what Christ has come to do. You've accepted his forgiveness. You're ready to grow and mature and you know rule and subdue this earth. Do your God given authority and duty. Okay. That's going to require you to live in unity with him. But if you've never lived in unity it's really hard to live in unity okay and some of the things that god says you might not fully accept so god what is a spirit and you guys i've kind of come to understand this so i went through my life coaching course he gave a definition of spirit and soul but then as i started kind of looking at his definitions it didn't really match up necessarily with what i saw in the bible and any time i've ever seen the word spirit used it's always in the context of your thoughts your emotions and your will and the word soul is used But we'll get into that. I'll do another podcast, you guys, these days talking about kind of what I've come to understand, the difference between spirit and soul. But I like, to. Okay, I'll just say it really quick. I like to I like to see your soul as like your character and your values. It's like the final product. Why do you think Jesus says, uh, you you know, um, what's that scripture, you guys Uh, lose your soul, gain the world and lose your soul. Your soul is the only thing you're going to take with you. You're going to take your character and your values with you. That's why you will be judged. However, your, your spirit is different. Your spirit is what influences your soul. Your spirit is your thoughts, your emotions, and your will. So now you have thoughts, emotions, and a will that's going to influence your soul, who you become, your character, the qualities you possess or don't possess, right? But ultimately we know that God wants to make you a person of character. Why do you think, I think it's I think it's like Third John when it says, I pray you prosper as your soul prospers. So as your character prospers, right? You will prosper. People with good character prosper, okay? Um, Nobody is going to give more to, to somebody who's a thief and is not trustworthy, right? Why do you think the Lord says, he who has much, much will be given. So we have to consider the spirit that we're entertaining. You have your own spirit that you were born with. You have your own thoughts, emotions, and will, and then you have God's spirit that comes in you with his own thoughts, emotions, and will. Blasphemy is when God has given you his spirit and you're living against his spirit there is nothing else god can give to you besides his spirit that's going to change who you are you're either going to submit to the thoughts of god or you're not right and i know this is really tricky sometimes you guys for a long time i was a christian for almost eight years stuck underneath condemnation blame shame and judgment I had no idea what it was this is why you guys need my devotional in your life because i walk you guys through a lot of the things that i had to come and understand about myself all right how i was functioning in relationships how i used to function around authority how i used to behave all these kind of things what what is condemnation what is judgment what is grace like these are practical things that we take for granted but here's the thing if you're not growing and maturing and progressing in your relationship with god then there's probably you're probably stuck underneath one of those elements and if you don't know what they are it's really hard to identify and get out from underneath something if you don't know what it is okay so anyway blasphemy is when you are literally just living against the spirit of god in you that's it simple enough how do i know look at the scriptures look at matthew 12 and look at what god is building here when he's talking jesus christ in the flesh is god on the flesh okay so when god is talking here he's showing you this is what it looks like it starts with a kingdom right satan Satan does not unite, Satan is not divided against himself. Why do you think darkness can spread upon the earth and like it has? It says that deep darkness will cover the face of the earth. However, God's spirit is supposed to rise upon you. What does that mean? It means that shit's gonna hit the fan people as it already has, okay? And you're gonna have, God's spirit wants to come upon you. He's the light of the world. How does he do that? As I've told you guys before, like a really practical way to discern satan on the earth and god on the earth is to look at lies and look at truth do you guys believe lies exist on this earth yes or no right you got to answer that question do you believe truth exists and here's the thing a lot of people can take that word truth and like make it so complicated but after going through the life coaching course he made it so simple and he was like truth is just reality and it's in the context of your life that is the only truth that will ever be relevant to you you can go ahead and figure out the truth of everything else that's going on. And there's nothing wrong with that. You should be educated. However, if you are denying your life and the, who God made you, right? If you're not growing and progressing, if you're not bearing fruit, then who gives a crap what you know? Seriously, you're not going to influence the world if you're not approachable in your character and, be, you know, becoming a person that can extract what God has done in your life. You guys get what I mean? You know how the Lord says you can't pick uh Barry, what is it? Figs from thorn bushes. You know, when you think about that, he's always talking about when you look at those scriptures, he's talking about people, but he uses agriculture to help us understand some things, right? Thorns are very pokey and not fun. People that are inapproachable can have thorns on them. Now, why is that? You guys, do you guys know? I think I was listening to something. It was from uh what's his name his name is eli Lasky. he's a he's an apostle on youtube that i listen to you guys and it's i can't even believe i just said that because i don't like using too many titles with people right because sometimes titles can get like seriously inflated and you can think higher than somebody is or you can have an expectation on them that's not realistic okay but his uh channel used to be called prophetic drive time eli Lasky's is his name and he was talking about certain plants that grow in the desert If they don't get enough water, they produce thorns. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true, but it makes sense, right? Think about that. If you don't have enough living water within you, think about the kind of person you're going to become. You guys ever get around a condemned person or a condemned Christian? They're not fun to be around. And at the end of the day, they're very negative and they're unapproachable. How do you get living water in you, you guys? I've talked to you about this before, but we're going to say it again. Okay. So if you guys read John chapter four, Jesus meets up with this lady at the well and he's talking to her and he was like, Hey, give me a drink. And she was like, uh, I don't got nothing. Let me go to Matthew. Let me go to John four really quick. I'm gonna walk you guys through it. Okay. I want you guys to see this. I never saw this until I started writing my devotional. I'm serious. And I believe I talk about this in my devotional. It talks about the living water and what it is. Okay. You got, you got to know this within yourself. You guys or you are gonna be unapproachable people that no one is gonna have access to and really want to. Do you guys wanna go pick, uh, you know, try to pick fruit? I love blackberries, but you gotta be careful, <laughs> right? And we obviously know that nature has its own code, okay? It has thorns on it, so the birds don't come and take their fruit. However, we as humans enjoy it, okay? We as people are supposed to be designed to be in relationship with other people. The body of Christ is supposed to be a unified group of people. You have to be able to take this stuff and apply it in the context of relationships or else it means absolutely nothing at the end of the day. Okay. So check out John chapter four, living water. So Jesus is talking to this woman. He says, give me a drink. That's what he says to her. And she was like, what? How is it you being a Jew? Ask a drink for me. A Samaritan woman for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Okay. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. He was, whoa, wait a second, Jesus. Wait a second. What is happening here? Now, I'm asking, the Lord is asking her for physical water. And then he's like, I can give you living water. So then she goes, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Why, um, where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? She's kind of thinking on that surface level. Right. Jesus answered and said to her, "Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of uh, water springing up to ever- everlasting life." She and then she goes, "Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come to draw here." She's like, "Hook me up, right?" I mean, I would be thinking the same thing. So then, this is where the Lord flips the script, and you're like, "What?" He goes, "Okay." Go call your husband and come here. The one said to her, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have said well, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, and that you spoke truly. Do you guys know how you get living water? Being in a relationship with no condemnation, right? she was completely honest about something that had her ostracized from her community. She literally had to go somewhere else outside of the city to go get water because she was known for having more than one husband, right? She was a hoe. Okay. Let's just keep it like in real talk. And with that being said, you're not, you don't have access to certain things when you have certain behaviors and actions attached to your reputation. That is the thing that God has come to teach you, to scorn your shame. That is another podcast I should do for you guys. Oh my gosh. It just reminded me. Whew, we'll have to talk about that. You guys, that was a revelation that hit me probably about four years ago. And uh, we got to talk about scorning your shame because that is what we are supposed to do as Christians. Okay. You're not, you're not, you you do not pay attention to it. That's all scorn means. You know, maybe we're going to talk about it now, right? Might as well Scorn your shame. You're not going to pay attention to it. Who takes your shame away? Jesus Christ he does that because you can be in a relationship with him and you can you know he'll say to you what you said is quite true you can be honest about your life where you've been what you've done and when you realize that there's no judgment attached right because here's the thing do you guys always know why you do what you do do you have an understanding all the time probably not if you were to be, look inside your heart and be honest about some of the things that have happened, did you ever intend for maybe some of the destruction that's happened in your life to actually happen? I sure the hell didn't. A lot of times it comes from came from my own ignorance of not knowing. There were certain intentions that I had, but lack of information, lack of execution. Have you guys ever had your whole perspective change on a situation just because you got a new statement or new information? You're like, oh, I never saw it that way right? Sometimes we only, we're, you guys, when we make a decision, we can only do it with what we have and, you know, available at our disposal. Okay. And then you act upon it and then you get the results of it. I don't think everybody that has gone through situations like that has intended those things, right? But a lack of information. And here's the other thing too, though. Now you get the information, but then people still continue in it, right? A lot of times, when people realize the results they had, they can become ashamed of it. Now you can get stuck underneath that loop of blame, shame, condemnation, and judgment Get stuck in that. Right? So then you try to like take your guilt away or take your shame away or do these things. You can't do it on your own. Heck, no, you wish you could. You guys, I'm telling you that was one evidence. I knew that Christ was like in me and real was because I remember talking to the Lord about some things that had happened to me when I was young. And, uh, I was I was so ashamed of it, you guys. And I'm sure you guys will hear that story one day. Because I've already told it to a couple people, just in case the Lord wants me to share the story one day, just so you guys can, you know, relate to me even greater. And I just remember talking to the Lord about these things. And uh it was and and then as I talked to him about the things that were so shameful and the things that have happened, all that was lifted off of me. No matter, and I could not do anything else before that. And so the point is, is Christ is the only one. He is the primary relationship because I'll tell you what right now. It's really hard to be for somebody if you've not experienced it yourself. Why do you think Jesus says you love your brother as you love yourself? You can't reach somebody somebody beyond the, the ability that you were reached yourself. If you want to give grace and compassion and mercy to people you have to receive that first you have to receive it from god first receiving it from him gives you not only experience with it but that experience of receiving will give you insight understanding of of that in the context of your life when you have insight and understanding guess what that gives you that gives that puts you ahead of the game why do you think people hire other people to get results Nobody's sometimes to sit there and try to figure something out. takes way longer versus, you know what? How do I get there quicker? You go, you talk to somebody, what, you know, give me, give it to me real quick, right? Some people just want the quick answer. And if you can get that, and that helps you go from here to here, you've made progress. You see value in that person. Therefore they get to make money. You guys have that type of value in you. Every single person on this planet has value and you just have to extract your value, right? however, that is in the context of your life, can you discern the problems that God has helped you solve in your life through his grace? And I've told you guys before, I always like to talk about grace in a thought, right? Grace has to be tangible. I used to hear the word grace. I used to get like super frustrated. I'm like, what the heck is grace? What does it even mean? Like you hear about it, but what's it supposed to do for me? And as I was pondering on that whole idea one day, I realized that grace is is really those new perspectives that you have so let's just say you're thinking about something you're in a situation you're talking to god about it because i talk to god about everything you guys and then all of a sudden i get an aha moment where i get some information or sometimes sometimes you guys i'll get peace before i get the solution sometimes but mo- all, every time down the road god will give me the resources i need for that thing i'm trying to solve i like to see that as grace Okay, so grace is those perspective shifts that you have in your life. If you want to make progress in your life, it all has to start up here, right? But sometimes if you got a lot going on in your heart, right? You know, you guys see this ivy that's growing around the heart here. You know, those are the things that are going to try to choke you out. You have a responsibility to discern what those things are in your life. And that is exactly why I need the Holy Spirit. And if you are living against the Holy Spirit, guess what? You ain't gonna make it. This Holy spirit of God is the only thing left that he can give to you to, to be like, okay, I've done everything I possibly could. And if you are just in denial of that, check this out. Let's go back over here to Matthew 12. I want to be able to share this with you guys before I jump off here. Okay. Let's, let's, let's go here to Matthew 12. So he's talking about blasphemy, right? speaking against the Holy Spirit, living against the thoughts and the, and the emotions and the will of God. Your spirit is in opposition to God. That's your flesh, right? Your flesh just means in opposition to God. Did you know you can be in your flesh when you deny God's grace, his love His mercy for you, right? It's not just like living in your flesh. Like, Oh my God, I'm, you know, I'm doing these physical things, right? Usually that's how we think of the flesh, right? Like doing things, but no, it's a thought process right it's the way that you see god and in you and and how you are interpreting the good he's trying to bring into your life right do you deny good how do you respond if somebody wants to do something good for you do you you accept it do you deny it oh no i'm good i don't want that uh warning (laughs) you guys being a christian is the most humbling freaking thing you're ever going to do in your life because it requires you to receive that's vulnerable is it not all right let's move on you guys Okay. So check this out. He's talking about division, right? And then he's talking about the spirit Anyone's against the spirit, but then, so then Jesus goes, either make the tree good and it's fruit good or else make the tree bad. And it's fruit bad for a tree is known by its fruit. And we kind of talked about that broad brood of vipers. How can you being evil? Speak good. things? Oh, low it. Check this out. That's what he's asking him. How can you being evil? Speak good things. This is how they're evil. You go down here to verse 39. Or actually, let's go to 43. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. What does that mean? A person, okay, an unclean spirit goes out from a man. So an unclean spirit went out from you. You denied the Holy Spirit. You don't need God, right? You don't need his Holy Spirit. You're trying to get your shit together on your own. It's empty, swept, and put in order. So you're empty of the Holy Spirit. You don't need the Spirit. You're kind of like the Pharisees are, trying to do good apart from God, trying to do good while denying him in the flesh, the very one that, you know, you would think. God hired these people per se, right? The Pharisees, I mean, think about it. They were living from the gospel. Right, They were living from the tithes and everything people brought into the church. They were hired by God to communicate who God was. So then God comes in the flesh. They deny the very one they're supposed to communicate. That is blasphemy in its greatest form right there. Okay? You want to blaspheme against God? Deny him. Like, 100%. And not just, oh, Jesus, whatever, I don't need you. But in your spirit, in your thoughts, in your emotions, in your will. And you guys, let me tell you something right now. Some of you may be thinking, oh my God, Lord, what about the times, like I didn't listen to you and all this kind of stuff. That's not blasphemy. That's different. You're, it's different walking with God and kind of like, you guys, are, it's like, it's like, um, you guys ever kind of throw a fit with God? Things weren't going your way. I've totally done it. That's not the same. I'm not against the spirit of God. Sometimes. I'm wondering what is happening. The Lord says, let's reason together. God is not afraid of your questions. It's when you fully pull out of the relationship and say, I'm done, Lord. You like dust. You like literally shake the dust from your feet on him. Oh God, that's scary. That's not a good place to be. This is why Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. What the heck does that even mean? It means how do you eat his flesh? You live off his revealed word. You live off the word that I'm reading to you guys. You read it, you ponder it, you think about it, you integrate it. Jesus said, don't worry about your life. You practice not doing that, right? That was the foundation for me, you guys. I never knew in my entire life Jesus ever said those words. When I read Matthew six and it says, don't worry about your life. you will eat, drink or wear. I was sold because I grew up in poverty my whole freaking life, right? Living with my mom down by the river, eating government cheese. Not really though, but we had the food stamps. I washed my hair in the river. Like, so when I heard that, I was like, what? And I haven't done it perfectly, you guys. I still worry about my life to a degree. You see those weeds? I still got things that want to choke me out, you guys. The ivy that wants to choke me out. It's a garden. Things are constantly growing. Evil grows and good grows. Everything grows. You have to, you know, weeds, what do you got to do? You got to get them up at the root. And that's going to be a process, you guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. Anyway. Um, was, oh, I don't want to lose this. Eat, your, eat his flesh and drink his blood. His flesh is his revealed word to you. So number it's, it's both. It's the written word as well as the revealed word. You can read God's word all you want, but that doesn't mean you know what it means, right? But once you start to know what it means, you start to integrate it. Think about it, all that kind of stuff. Boom. You live off of that and you drink his blood. Now this was hard stuff. Jesus said, why do you think some of his disciples walked away? Drinking his blood. What was the function of the blood? Forgiveness. Are you walking in his forgiveness every single day? Do you know how forgiving he is? Can you accept that? Like, think about how forgiving Christ is. His kindness is supposed to lead us to repentance, you guys. He is a loving, forgiving, compassionate God. And I told you guys before, if you even have it on your mind and heart to return to him, if you recognize and you're like, man, Lord, I need you, that's your invitation. Your sin is your invitation to come to Christ. That's it. It's not you having your crap together. It's not you saying the right thing. It's you acknowledging what you need from him. Period point blank that's the only way you're getting into the kingdom of heaven he already said depart from me i never knew you oh lord we did this or that he was like you you didn't do it, you did it but you didn't know me we don't want to be like the pharisees and do things for god and not know god they did things for god but they didn't know god in the flesh that's really that's not a good place to be you guys don't want to be there right i don't want you guys to be there That's why you guys got to get this book because this is going to help walk you through some stuff. It's not an easy process. It's going to make you reflect on your life, on your relationships. It's going to make you think about stuff. You better be ready to do the work. You guys get a journal, get a notebook, go down to like somewhere and get a notebook and you know, write your answers down to these questions. That's the only way you're going to get breakthrough is acknowledging yourself and where you're at and how you're thinking and how you're going about stuff how else do you think you're gonna get revelation you don't get revelation from denying you the truth of where you're at i mean jesus just said you want living water getting getting a relationship with him with no condemnation and i talk about that in the book you guys i'm telling you you guys gotta get this book in your hands it's somewhere in here you guys i'm not sure what chapter it is i'm only on like day six right now and uh i mean even just reading it i've kind of realized some things i want to share with you guys as soon as more of you guys Get the book in your hands because I want to talk about this stuff with you guys It was actually pretty emotional yesterday by the way Just kind of some things I realized I was like wow lord that was really powerful And uh, you know, I want to share that with you guys to walk you guys through that as well The really cool thing about being on my page is you guys get to talk to the author of the book, right? So you guys can ask your questions, but anyway, I better get off the anchor app you guys don't leave facebook. I'm not leaving yet. Just hold on just a second Anyway, you guys I hope you guys have an awesome rest of the day Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. If you guys enjoyed it, be sure to share it, rate it on Spotify. You guys have a great rest of the week, and I will talk to you next time.